Ever feel like life pulls you in a million different directions? You gotta listen to this episode. Welcome back. I'm Gila Ross, author of Living Beautifully and host of the Power Up podcast, where we share short, relatable ideas that will upgrade your everyday life. Sometimes we feel pulled in a lot of different directions. Anyone can relate? Anyone? Anyone cannot relate? <laughs> right? We feel pulled in, in many different directions and often in, in conflicting directions, right? You know, we, we might have family um, obligations at the same time that conflict with work obligations and they're both responsibilities. Which one do we put first? So kind of which what, what this class is going to hopefully give us is a mindset and tools to deal with, to bring those different parts of ourselves together and really a pathway to, to lessening the stress and, and more peace of mind. What's the third of the constant mitzvahs? God is one. God is one. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. That's why, I, that's why I, you know, it's Monday morning, right? For anyone that's joining live, it's Monday morning. I want to give you a quick, easy win to start the week off, right? I put the mitzvah right on, on it. Just a reminder, six-part um, series is about how we live more mindfully, and it's based on the six constant mitzvahs that we have as a Jew. Now, obviously, we can't think of six things as, as um, all the time and function in our life, but what the ideas are is that we're going to deep dive into these each of these different mitzvahs and understand what they're teaching us, and those are going to give us mindsets which is going to slowly by slowly transform the way we, we live our lives. Okay, so trivia question. Where does the mitzvah come from? Torah? Yep. Good. One point for you. you get chocolate. <laughs> yes, right? In the Shema, we say Shema Yisrael, listen to Israel, Hashem Rekenu, Hashem Echot. Hashem, is, Hashem is, is, is the God and Hashem is one, right? Now, what does it mean that God is one? If I pick up this water bottle, if I can borrow it for a second, right? If I pick up this water bottle, and I say, this water bottle is one. What do you think that means? There's no other. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like, there's one, one and water- only. Yeah, one and only. Okay, <coughs> maybe it's a limited edition type. But what, is it, <laughs> what, what does it mean when it comes to talking to, um, um, when it comes to saying that God is one? What, what, are we, what are we actually saying? That God is... It's like one being. Okay, so there's no, there, there isn't a second God. Right? right now, the challenge with that with that is is if you remember that the second mitzvah is not to believe in any other gods. Sorry. So, so sorry. that's okay, no worries. Um, what are we learning extra here? We kind of learned already that there isn't there isn't a second god, there is no other god. So what what does it mean that prioritize God? He is the priority. It means that everything is connected. I want to preface this by saying that this concept is very hard to understand philosophically, right? Practically, it's a little bit easier, but philosophically, it's very, very hard. And I'm not going to try and and um, explain it fully. But what, what I'm going to do is just give you the, the, the difficulty with understanding it philosophically, right? So what does it mean Hashem is one? It means that there is, Hashem is all that exists, right? So when you look at the table, the chair, what are they? If Hashem is all that exists, are these just figments of our imagination and we're just like existing in this like 
strange reality where everything just kind of exists in our mind and you know we we close our eyes and and then everything ceases to exist what what does it mean right is this just pigments of our imagination well it's go, Hashem yes, is go. there whether we believe it or not i mean right he's just he's there yeah so, i mean yes even if we close our eyes or i mean he's there so yeah, where does the table and chairs come in or the different people around the table, right? Or, or whatever we have in our, our environment. If, if Hashem is all that exists, what is this thing? His creation? Exactly, right? So this, practically, what we have to understand is that everything that exists is a manifestation of God's will, right? There is a table because God wills it into existence. Now, the thing that we also have to bear in mind is that Hashem created each of us with a certain level of autonomy, right? He gave us free will, and under normal circumstances, He gave us the autonomy to follow through on our decisions, right? And the reason why I'm, I'm pointing this out is because it's very easy for a person to kind of fall into this place of saying like, oh, if everything that exists is, is God's will, then if, then if I do something, I smash my neighbor's car, for example, well, that's God's will, and I can just walk away and, and, or drive away and, and think, no, right? We have free choice, right? So if I'm, whatever, through my fault or no fault, smash a neighbor's car, yeah, there's a, the, that was a manifestation of, of, of God's will, but I, ha I have autonomy, right? And I now have to act as though I have autonomy. Right, which means I have to take responsibility for what I did, etc., etc. Is that is that clear so far on 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 the idea? Because again, it's it's quite a complicated one. But the practical idea is is that Hashem, everything that exists exists because Hashem wills it, and at the same time, Hashem created us with free will, and under ordinary circumstances. God gives us the autonomy to follow through on that on that um, on on our choices, right? So we are responsible for what happens. So that means that even the bad things are Hashem's will, or that that's the difficulty in the in, in the in, in the in, in the philosophical understanding, and 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 that is a great question and we'll, we'll deal with it right um if someone wants to write it down because or alexis do you want to just text it to me or something because that is a great question but that that is part of the difficulty of of the the on the philosophical level okay now following on from what um, alexis was saying i think what happens what what some people believe or what people used to believe is kind of like there's two forces right there's god and then there's like the the dark force, right? The, the you know the 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 like it's it, we, we even even us we, we we talk about it we use it in our language that reflects this, right? For example, we say, you know what? I I wanted to do this kindness for for a neighbor for a friend, and then you know this happened and and it, it, it like it sabotaged my plans or it stood in my way or right and 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 you know like it's. We, we kind of sometimes feel and live as though there's two kind of forces in the world, right? There's the force of God, which is good and great. Um, and there's also the, the dark force, right? Now, what do we learn from this? By the way, is, is, can everyone still hear? Okay, that's great. Gone. Right, he's gone. Yeah. Um, 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 what do we learn from this idea 
And I think this is going to answer a little bit of Alexis's questions as well. If everything is from God, where does the dark force come from? From God, right? And even inside us as well, right? We all have what we call the yates of the part of us that knows that we have a holy soul and we can be great and we want to be great and we want to do good. And the other part of us, the which we call the yates which is the part of us that says, let me be, right? Let me be comfortable. Don't bother me, right? Why? Why would God create the dark force, right? The force that pulls us down. Mm. <coughs> yes, Is that because it gives us an opportunity to use our free will? Yes, yes. But it's true of that. Okay, the, the, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't, our free will would be much more limited, right? Because if you don't have, if you offer a kid a choice between ice cream and moldy green beans it's not a real choice right I, I, I usually say broccoli but my kids happen to love broccoli so that's not a good example right they might choose broccoli but you you know you give them something like green beans that are sitting in the fridge for a week and like on past their best before um, um, best served by day and ice cream it's not a real choice right so you kind of know what they're gonna choose right so yes there's a part of it that is it gives us that our free choice just sort of on the same lines that we don't take for granted everything that we have like if if, every, if everything's perfect every single day then oh you know, what's next but if we have some hardships or, or something unfortunate like you know happens or something's not great then maybe we can appreciate the good things when we get there or <clears throat> think about them more be more cognizant of yeah good. yeah and, and and that's a very human thing right we after you know if you have a cold and then you suddenly feel better the first day you feel better you're like wow this is amazing right so you know i don't i'm not coughing i'm not sneezing i'm not right i can breathe whatever it is right and you don't it's all the things that you didn't appreciate beforehand um any other thoughts and yes um when hashem makes something the opposite is always made too it's just part of the natural forces Yep, Hashem created the world in balance, which, um, yes, and, and um, there's always the, the right, so, so just like you can bring, and I think we, we, we spoke about this last um, session, is that just like you can bring miracles through holy ways, you can bring miracles through the dark forces. Yeah, so we, Hashem created the in, in things. So let me give you a story that really illustrates um, why we need the Yetzirah, and then I hopefully will be able to understand what the job of it is. So there was the, there's there's a rabbi there's um, a, a, a rabbi called the Bedichba Rebbe. One of the things he was renowned for was his love of Jews, love love of man, love of people. Right? He loved everyone. So one day in his village, it was coming up to Sukkot, and there was no etrog. Right? Now this this was the day before you could quickly just fly on in on a plane from anywhere, and they they discovered that there was one traveler who was traveling through the village, who had a an etrog right so they went to him and they said could you sell it to us and the reason why they had to sell it to him because on the first day of Sukkot um, the the etric has to belong to you right um, every other day you can lend it to anyone else but on the first day you have to act has, has to actually belong to you so they asked him please sell it to the Baditra Vareva right and he said no 
So the Bodichva, he went over to the Bodichva and, and the Bodichva said, please sell me your etrog. So he says, I'll sell it to you on one condition, right? If you promise me that in the world to come, I'm going to sit next to you. So the Bodichva thinks and says, okay, fine. Sells him the etrog, deal, right? Comes the first night of, of Sukkot and this traveler, this visitor is still staying in there. So obviously he wants to be able to eat in a, in a sukkah. So he, he waits around in shul and he expects what's going to happen. What usually happens in, in the villages there is after shul, someone would come over and say, oh, you're traveling. Do you want to come to my house? He, he waits. One by one, everyone walks out of shul. Not a single person invites him to come to his house. It's like, this is strange. Well, it's sukkahs. I want to I have the midst of eating in a sukkah. Let me go. So he goes around and he knocks on the first door where he sees a sukkah. And he says to them, I'm traveling through. Can I please join your, your family for, for the, for the Sukkot meal? And they say to him, really sorry, can't. No reason, just we can't. So he's like, okay. He goes on to the next house. Knocks on, traveling through. Can I please join your family for a Sukkot meal? And this family also, sorry. We're really sorry, we can't have you tonight. So he knocks on the third house. Can I please join? I'm traveling through. I'd love to eat in a sukkah tonight. Can I please join your family for Sukkot? Really sorry. Really sorry. We'd love to have you. We just can't tonight. At this point, he's, he's, he's like, there's something up. So he goes to the person. He says, why? Tell me why. He says, listen, the Bajitjava rabbit told us that no one is allowed to invite you for, Shabbat, for, for the Sukkot meal. So he says, okay, fine. If the Bajitjava says that, I'm going to go straight to Bajitjava and ask him what's going on. Right? I sold him my etrog. We had a deal. So he goes to the Bidichva's house and he knocks on and he says, what's going on? Why did you tell everyone in this, um, you know, in this village not to, not to allow me to eat with them for Sukkot? I want to eat a meal in the Sukkah. So the Bidichva says, look, you want to eat a meal in the Sukkah? He says, yes. He says, you can join my family on one condition. You give up the, the promise that I gave you. That you that you can join that you sit next to me in the world to come. It's a tough choice, right? Sitting next to the Bodhisattva in eternity, the mitzvah of sukkahs, eating in a sukkah. He stands there, he hems, he haws. What does he do? He says, "Okay, fine, I'll give it up, and and I'll join you." So he he comes in, he joins them, and the Bodhisattva turns around to him and says, "Let me explain what happened." He says, "When you came to me and you asked me to promise you, I promised you." And I could promise you that, but I also knew that you wouldn't enjoy it, right? Because you, you, you wouldn't enjoy being part of us. If you've ever joined, uh, showed up at, at a gala dinner, right? Or if you can imagine sh showing up at a gala dinner where everyone's dressed beautifully and you're in your jeans and t-shirt, right? How comfortable do you feel? Not, not on a scale of zero to one. Covering about the zero, right? <laughs> especially, you know, especially, right? You just feel out of place. So he said, I was, I knew you wouldn't enjoy sitting next to me with eternity because you haven't earned the right to be there. He says, when I gave you that dilemma where you had to choose between your place next to me in eternity, eternal reward and a mitzvah, and you gave up that eternal reward, you showed how precious a mitzvah is and how much, how far you're willing to go for it. And now you earned the right to sit, you earn, you earn, not only did you earn the right to sit next to me, but you're going to enjoy it. You're going to feel like I belong here, right? 
And this, in a nutshell, is, is how God created the world, right? God created the world to give us the ultimate pleasure. And the ultimate pleasure is always earned. It's not a gift, right? Gifts are very nice, but we do not enjoy them as much as things that we earn ourselves. I'm just going to take a quick break to remind you that if you are enjoying this podcast, you'll love my new book, Living Beautifully, which is packed full of insights, relevant insights in how to bring more meaning, love and joy into your life. You can order it on the link in the show notes. Sometimes we feel pulled in a lot of different directions. Anyone can relate? Anyone? Anyone cannot relate? <laughs> right? We feel pulled in, in many different directions and often in, in conflicting directions, right? You know, we, we might have family um, obligations at the same time that conflict with work obligations and they're both responsibilities. Which one do we put first? So kind of which what, what this class is going to hopefully give us is a mindset and tools to deal with, to bring those different parts of ourselves together and really a pathway to, to lessening the stress and, and more peace of mind. What's the third of the constant mitzvahs? God is one. God is one. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. That's why, I, that's why I, you know, it's Monday morning, right? For anyone that's joining live, it's Monday morning. I want to give you a quick, easy win to start the week off, right? I put the mitzvah right on, on it. Just a reminder, six um, part series is about how we live more mindfully and it's based on the six constant mitzvahs that we have as a Jew. Now obviously we can't think of six things as, as um, all the time and function in our life but what the ideas are is that we're going to deep dive into these each of these different mitzvahs and understand what they're teaching us and those are going to give us mindsets which is going to slowly by slowly transform the way we, we live our lives. Okay, so trivia question. Where does the mitzvah come from? The Torah? Yep. Good. One point for you. you get chocolate. <laughs> yes, right? In the Shema, we say Shema Yisrael, listen to Israel, Hashem Rekenu, Hashem Echot. Hashem, is, Hashem is, is, is the God and Hashem is one, right? Now, what does it mean that God is one? If I pick up this water bottle, if I can borrow it for a second, right? If I pick up this water bottle, and I say, this water bottle is one. What do you think that means? There's no other. Yeah, yeah, like there's one, one and only. Yeah, one and only. Okay, <laughs> maybe it's a limited edition type. But what, is it, <laughs> what, what does it mean when it comes to talking to, um, um, when it comes to saying that God is one? What, what, are we, what are we actually saying? That God is... It's like one being. Okay, so there's no, there, there isn't a second God. Right? right now, the challenge with that with that is is if you remember that the second mitzvah is not to believe in any other gods. Sorry. So, so sorry. that's okay. No worries. Um, what are we learning extra here? We kind of learnt already that there isn't there isn't a second god. There is no other god. So what what does it mean that? Prioritize uh, God. He is the priority. To me, it means that everything is connected. I want to preface this by saying that this concept is very hard to understand philosophically, right? Practically, it's a little bit easier, but philosophically, it's very, very hard. And I'm not going to try and, and um, explain it fully, 
But what, what I'm going to do is just give you the, the, the difficulty with understanding it philosophically. Right? So what does it mean Hashem is one? It means that there is, Hashem is all that exists. Right? So when you look at the table, the chair, what are they? If Hashem is all that exists, are these just figments of our imagination? And we're just like existing in this like strange reality where everything just kind of exists in our mind. And, you know, we, we close our eyes and, and then everything ceases to exist. What, what does it mean? Right? Is this just figments of our imagination? Well, it's go, Hashem yes, is go. there whether we believe it or not. I mean, right. He's just—he's there. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. Even if we close our eyes, or I mean, he's there. He's so where does the table and chairs come in, <clears throat> or the different people around the table, right, or or whatever we have in our, our environment? If if Hashem is all that exists, what is this thing? His creation. Exactly. Right. So this practically, what we have to understand is that everything that exists is a manifestation of God's will, right? There is a table because God wills it into existence. Now, the thing that we also have to bear in mind is that Hashem created each of us with a certain level of autonomy, right? He gave us free will, and under normal circumstances, He gave us the autonomy to follow through on our decisions, right? And the reason why I'm, I'm paint, pointing this out is because it's very easy for a person to kind of fall into this place of saying like, oh, if everything that exists is, is God's will, then if, then if I do something, I smash my neighbor's car, for example, well, that's God's will, and I can just walk away and, and, or drive away and, and think, no, right? We have free choice, right? So if I'm, whatever, through my fault or no fault, smash a neighbor's car, yeah, there's a, the, that was a manifestation of, of, of God's will, but I, ha I have autonomy, right? And I now have to act as though I have autonomy, right? Which means I have to take responsibility for what I did, etc., etc. Is that is that clear so far on, 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 on the idea? Because again, it's, it's quite a complicated one, but the practical idea is, is that Hashem, everything that exists, exists because Hashem wills it, and at the same time, Hashem created us with free will. And under ordinary circumstances, God gives us the autonomy to follow through on, that, on, that, um, on, on our choices. Right? So we are responsible for what happens. But that means that even the bad things are Hashem's will. Or that that's the difficulty in the philosophical understanding. And... and, and that is a great question, and we'll we'll deal with it, right? Um, if someone wants to write it down, because or Alexis, you want to just text it to me or something, because that is a great question. But that that is part of the difficulty of of the the on the philosophical level. Okay, now following on from what um, Alexis was saying, I think what happens, what what some people believe, or what people used to believe, is kind of like there's two forces, right? There's God. And then there's like the the dark force, right? The, the you know the 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 like it's it, we, we even even us we, we we talk about it we use it in our language that reflects this, right? For example, we say, you know what? I I wanted to do this kindness for for a neighbor for a friend, and then you know 
this happened and, and it, it, it like it sabotaged my plans or it stood in my way or right and, and, and you know like it's we, we kind of sometimes feel and live as though there's two kind of forces in the world right there's the force of God which is good and great um, and there's also the, the dark force right now what do we learn from this by the way is, is can everyone still here Okay, he's gone. Right, he's gone. Yeah. Um, 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 what do we learn from this idea? And I think this is going to answer a little bit of Alexis's questions as well. If everything is from God, where does the dark force come from? From God, right? And even inside us as well, right? We all have what we call the Yates of the part of us that knows that we have a holy soul and we can be great and we want to be great and we want to do good and the other part of us, the which we call the Yates which is the part of us that says, let me be, right? Let me be comfortable, don't bother me, right? Why? Why would God create the dark force, right? The force that pulls us down. Yes, Pastor. Is it because it gives us a opportunity to use our free will yes yes okay the, the, if we didn't have that we wouldn't have we would our free will would be much more limited right because if you don't have if you offer a kid a choice between ice cream and moldy green beans it's not a real choice right I, I, I usually say broccoli but my kids happen to love broccoli so that's not a good example right they might choose broccoli but you you know you give them something like green beans that are sitting in the fridge for a week and like on past their best before um, um, best served by day and ice cream it's not a real choice right so you kind of know what they're gonna choose right so yes there's a part of it that is it gives us that our free choice just sort of on the same lines that we don't take for granted everything that we have like if if, if everything's perfect every single day then oh you know, what's next but if we have some hardships or, or something unfortunate like you know happens or something's not great then maybe we can appreciate the good things when we get there or think about them more be more cognizant of yeah good. yeah and, and and that's a very human thing right we after you know if you have a cold and then you suddenly feel better the first day you feel better you're like wow this is amazing right so you know i don't i'm not coughing i'm not sneezing i'm not right i can breathe whatever it is right and you don't it's all the things that you didn't appreciate beforehand um any other thoughts and yes um when hashem makes something the opposite is always made too it's just part of the natural forces yeah, Hashem created the world in balance, which, um, yes, and, and um, there's always the, the right, so, so just like you can bring, and I think we, we, we spoke about this last um, session, is that just like you can bring miracles through holy ways, you can bring miracles through the dark forces. Yeah, so we, Hashem created the in, in thing. So let me give you a story that really illustrates um, why we need the Yetzirah, and then I hopefully will be able to understand what the job of it is. So there was the, there's there's a rabbi there's um, a, a, a rabbi called the Bedichtshaber Rebbe. One of the things he was renowned for was his love of Jews, love love of man, love of people. Right? He loved everyone. So one day in his village, it was coming up to Sukkot, and there was no etrog. Right? Now this this was the day before you could quickly just fly one in on a plane from anywhere, and they they 
discovered that there was one traveler who was traveling through the village who had a, an etrog, right? So they went to him and they said, could you sell it to us? And the reason why they had to sell it to him because on the first day of Sukkot, um, the, the etrog has to belong to you, right? Um, every other day you can lend it to anyone else, but on the first day you have to act, has, has to actually belong to you. So they asked him, please sell it to the Baditch of Areva, right? And he said, no. So the Baditchva, he went over to the Baditchva and, and the Baditchva said, please sell me your etrog. So he says, I'll sell it to you on one condition, right? If you promise me that in the world to come, I'm going to sit next to you. So the Baditchva thinks and says, okay, fine. Sells him the etrog, deal, right? Comes the first night of, of Sukkot and this traveler, this visitor is still staying in there. So obviously he wants to be able to eat in a, in a sukkah. So he, he waits around in shul and he expects what's going to happen, what usually happens in, in the villages there, is after shul, someone would come over and say, oh, you're traveling, do you want to come to my house? He, he waits. One by one, everyone walks out of shul. Not a single person invites him to come to his house. It's like, this is strange. <coughs> well, it's sukkahs. I want to I have the midst of eating in a sukkah. Let me go. So he goes around and he knocks on the first door where he sees a sukkah. And he says to them, I'm traveling through, can I please join your, your family for, for, the, for the Sukkot meal? And they say to him, really sorry, can't. No reason, just we can't. So he's like, okay. He goes on to the next house, knocks on, traveling through, can I please join your family for a Sukkot meal? And this family also, sorry, we're really sorry, we can't have you tonight. So he knocks on the third house. <laughs> Can I please join? I'm traveling through. I'd love to eat in a sukkah tonight. Can I please join your family for Sukkot? Really sorry. Really sorry. We'd love to have you. We just can't tonight. At this point, he's, he's, he's like, there's something up. So he goes to the person. He says, why? Tell me why. He says, listen, the Badijva Rabbi told us that no one is allowed to invite you for, Shabbat, for, for the Sukkot meal. So he says, okay, fine. If the Badijva says that, I'm going to go straight to Badijva and ask him what's going on. Right? I sold him my etrog. We had a deal. So he goes to the Baditchva's house and he knocks on and he says, what's going on? Why did you tell everyone in this, um, you know, in this village not to, not to allow me to eat with them for Sukkot? I want to eat a meal in the Sukkah. So the Baditchva says, look, you want to eat a meal in the Sukkah? He says, yes. He says, you can join my family on one condition. You give up the, the promise that I gave you. That you that you can join that you sit next to me in the world to come. It's a tough choice, right? Sitting next to the Baditchva in eternity, the mitzvah of sukkahs, eating in a sukkah. He stands there, he hems, he haws. What does he do? He says, "Okay, fine, I'll give it up, and and I'll join you." So he he comes in, he joins them, and the Baditchva turns around to him and says, "Let me explain what happened." He says, "When you came to me and you asked me to promise you, I promised you." And I could promise you that, but I also knew that you wouldn't enjoy it, right? Because you you, you wouldn't enjoy being part of us. If you've ever joined, uh, showed up at, at a gala dinner, right? Or if you can imagine sh showing up at a gala dinner where everyone's dressed beautifully and you're in your jeans and t-shirt, right? How comfortable do you feel? Not, not on a scale of zero to one. Covering about the zero, right? <laughs> especially, you know, especially, right? You just feel out of place. So he said, I, was, I knew you wouldn't enjoy sitting next to me with eternity because you haven't earned the right to be there. So 
Because when I gave you that dilemma where you had to choose between your place next to me in eternity, eternal reward, and a mitzvah, and you gave up that eternal reward, you showed how precious a mitzvah is and how much, how far you're willing to go for it. And now you earned the right to sit, you earned, you earned, not only did you earn the right to sit next to me, but you're going to enjoy it. You're going to feel like I belong here, right? And this in a nutshell is, is how God created the world, right? God created the world to give us the ultimate pleasure. And the ultimate pleasure is always earned. It's not a gift, right? Gifts are very nice, but we do not enjoy them as much as things that we earn ourselves. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my new book, Living Beautifully, available on my website, Amazon, or any good Jewish bookstore. And please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.